In today's episode, we wanted to discuss a very relevant topic these days. We're living in the 2020 pandemic and the question of how do the present changes in global travel and border limits affect missions? We get asked this question a lot, particularly because of the pandemic. So much is uncertain and changing. Right. So while airports and borders are closing due to the COVID-19, and that's unique, actually this issue of countries around the world more and more limiting resident permits to citizens from particular countries like the U.S. is actually nothing new. In fact, we would say for the past 40 years, many countries have been slowly closing, limiting the doors to Westerners in general, particularly Americans. Yes, we're not. That's one thing we learned when we moved over to the Middle East is that uh, Americans weren't near as popular as we thought we were or (laughs) we used to be. Well, and all of this has to do with the political climate Uh, and the involvement of the U.S. and foreign policy issues, all those kinds of things also affect missions. So this phenomena actually really began to pick up with the Iranian Revolution back in the late 70s uh, is what I can remember. Um, I remember really wanting to move to Iran. In fact, we both were thinking of wanting to go to Iran. Well, that became impossible or extremely limited for us as Americans. Which I think it still is. I mean, beyond the pandemic, it still is. Right. In the past, it seemed like it was more communist-dominant countries that had limited Westerners taking up residency. But in the past 30 years, it seems to have shifted, and it's more Muslim countries that are closing off to Westerners. Exactly. In fact, right now we're experiencing more big changes in global travel, uh, which, you know, because of the pandemic, which inevitably changes global missions. So how do we respond to these limitations from a global missions perspective? How will we need to adjust in these changes? Yeah, we just want to give a few quick perspective points yeah. to think about. So firstly, I think it's, it's vital to remember that the one unchanging truth is that God is sovereign over all these things. He never wavers from his mission. And he has been on a mission, you know, since the Garden of Eden to gather worshipers from every tongue and tribe, from every corner of the globe. And he is undeterred by any limitations, any closed airports, any closed borders or visa restrictions. Uh, he will complete his mission without, with or without airports, without entry visas, even without the West, can you believe it? So I think we shouldn't be worried or to fret about our place in God's mission. He's on that mission. And actually, this was our confidence during our entire time when we lived 20 years uh, overseas, is that we always had to remember it's his mission, not ours. He has to accomplish it, and he will. Yeah, I mean, missionaries continue to be deported from countries all around the world, they, or they have their visas denied, yeah. or they're unable to just uh, enter to live and work. But there are thousands of Western Christians and non-Western Christians yeah. who are obtaining bona fide work visas. They continue to live as missional professionals in so-called closed countries. It's been a legitimate pathway for the past 40 years, and I think will become even more prominent this century. Actually, I think that is the future, one of the futures of Global Mission. This strategy is more and more becoming not just an option, as it was when we left 
uh, for the Middle East 30 years ago. But today, sometimes the only option to get into certain countries and serve. Yeah, we're in contact with a lot of friends all over the globe who are working as teachers, nurses, doctors, entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. all sorts of ways, um, seemingly unaffected by the visa problems that others are having. That's right. They're there. They are shining the light as they live and work. They're doing it. And, And we ask them sometimes, how are things going? Are you Oh, I just signed up, got my visa again for the next year or two years, and I'm off to a conference. And it's just so interesting. And then you hear about missionaries having a lot of visa problems. So once again, God calls us to adjust to the times, embrace his strategies, and sort of sometimes we have to have a paradigm shifts of the way we do things, the way we enter, the way we live, and the way we work overseas. So this is becoming just as important as it was, but probably even more important in the future. Yeah, God has given us now the ability to speak with live video to believers across the globe in real time. And now because of the COVID um, pandemic, we all actually have gotten practice in doing this. I'm providing audio, video resources online, helping equip the global church actually while sitting in our own city. Right. And while it's some, in some ways less than ideal, it opens all sorts of new doors. Exactly. And, you know, um, another point we wanted to make is the Lord may very well be saying to the global church, which is us, you know, the Lord may be saying, I have scattered, I am scattering, and I have been scattering people all around the world in this unprecedented global migration. These last 10 years or 20 years have seen unprecedented global migration. Basically, sending unreached people groups into neighboring countries to... Oh, what was the name of that video that we watched about that? Um, I forget. It's, a, it's, yeah, just about global migration, just people migrating all over the planet. And so you look at a country that we used to say, how do we get into this country? And now we're finding out millions are leaving that country and they're in neighboring countries. You take a country like Syria, and now you have millions of refugees in Lebanon, Turkey, and Jordan. Uh, well, and all over the world. I mean, they're right here in the city we live in. Exactly. Or they're in Greece. So now people are going to Greece to work with Afghans or Syrians. And it's it's a totally different kind of strategy. And so God is sending these unreached people groups into neighboring countries, to the Western countries, right? They've gone to Europe and here and to our cities, as Vicki just said, creating unique opportunities to finish the task of reaching the world. Um So we should never think our challenges with immigration uh, here are unique. Sometimes people think about we need immigration reform and do we really have a handle on this? And these are not unique problems. Every country that we've been to and that we're talking to, every country in the world is feeling the effects of this global migration. And they're working, they're trying to figure out how to vet these immigrants or refugees that are coming in, how to how to serve them, how to integrate these millions of peoples into their own countries. And it's they're crossing every month. So America's actually great at vetting. People people think we're just gonna uh, you know, like people are showing up on boats and there's no there's chaos. There is no chaos here. Well there is down at the southern border a at bit the of border, chaos. Sorry. Yeah, that's a whole different ballgame. But when we're talking about people arriving by airport Um, from other countries. We're actually one of the countries that can both handle all of these refugees and vet them uh, 
very well. So that's something to always keep least, in mind. Well, probably because there's a huge ocean between many of the countries where... Well, we also have a great vetting from. process. The State Department, they go through at least 18 months to two or three years of vetting. So we're, we're actually very good at that. I mean, when we lived in the Middle East, we were considered immigrants Yeah, we were immigrants. in that country. We were trying to maintain our residency. We were trying to learn a new culture and a language, become integrated into our community. And it was quite the daunting task. So we've been on the other side, the other end of this challenge. Yes, we have. And we actually believe the global migration is in fact God's, I think I often use it as his end game to bring the least reached closer to the gospel. It's When we talk about reached and unreached, what we're talking about is access to the gospel. We're not, not talking about people who've actually, um, you know, everyone is lost, equally lost. People lost here in our city, people lost across the globe. But when we talk about reached and unreached, what we're talking about is do they have access to the gospel in their language, believers close by, a church, or even the scriptures? So is this not God's end game? to bring the least reach closer to the gospel. So how should we respond to as God's messengers for accomplishing his mission on the earth? Well, I think we want to be real clear. You know, people come up to us after we speak and they sometimes say, oh, so you guys think that we need to have open borders. No, we're not proposing open borders or somehow bring them all in uh, type of policy with the U.S. No. In fact, I remember when we lived in the Middle East, I used to reprove missionaries in the country where we lived when they complained about all the paperwork or the hoops they had to jump through to be to have legitimate reasons of living there, to get their visas, to, to have work there, and how they had to prove that they had legitimate reasons for being there. And I, and I think that's normal, and it's good for a country to expect immigrants to be legal, to learn the language, and to follow the protocols for maintaining work permits and residency in a country. I say, if you're coming up into our country, particularly when we're talking about the southern border, all we're asking is do you sign the guest book, right? Well, and, you know, it's beyond the scope of this podcast to talk about those who are already here not being able to find a legitimate path. Um, you're right. That is a complicated We're, we're talking issue. about at the place of entering. Right. Please sign our guest book. Right. And we're talking about the millions that are already here. Um, and that's what's very important. When yeah, I used to laugh that. when we lived overseas because, you know, some of the people just were really, really upset about having to prove that they didn't have nefarious intent. And right. like it was their right to live wherever they wanted in the world. But yeah. every country is there to protect its own citizens. They could just stop you on the street and ask you for your residence permit. And people are thinking, I didn't, wow, I feel like my right. No, you're an immigrant. You are an you're alien. You're a visitor. You're a visitor. And if your neighbors say, what are you doing here? You know, if you're sitting in your apartment all day checking emails and, and having team meetings, your neighborhood, you want to know why are you in my country? So there's nothing wrong with that type of, and to do everything legally. You don't want to tell people I'm just here. Um, I'm working, but then you don't really have, have a, a job. job. Yeah, right. it just kind of is is difficult for people because people in other countries are not 
stupid and they are aware. Now, I do remember government workers coming to our apartment when we lived abroad, and they would interview me. They would check to see what we were doing, what I was doing, whether I was working um, without a work permit. Yeah. Because David had the work permit. I did not, and I would tell them I'm not working for money here at all. And they would just randomly drop by and check on us. And that was a part of being someone who was foreign, living in the country where we lived. Yeah. Submitting to those rules. Yeah. So we want to be real clear. That's not what we're saying. Just open borders and and stop vetting people. No, but our country is has an amazing capacity to receive refugees and provide vetting, a good vetting process, as well as work. Um, And our country was built on immigrants. What we are saying, though, is yes, a country needs safe, secure borders and clear immigration policies. But also, we as the body of Christ should remember the clear mandates in Scripture uh, to welcome aliens, uh, to show hospitality to foreigners coming in to, to, to our country, to our neighborhoods, to live among us. And the Lord calls us to reach out to them in love. Why? Well, I think it's being a good citizen, but also um, when you remember God's mission, which is our first mission, uh, God has called us not to just make our country strong, but to build his kingdom. Um, so that that's one of the reasons people say, but don't we want a safe country? Yes, and we do need secure borders, but we also need to remember our first kingdom, our first passport is in heaven and why he called us. And as Christ's ambassadors on the earth, Christ compels us to put away ignorant prejudice. I meet so many people that just speak out and they don't really know the processes. They don't know any immigrants or refugees or international students. They don't. So we need to put away ignorant prejudice, racism, and embrace God's providential moment in history to embrace his mission to reach the nations by welcoming and sharing our lives and faith with them. Well, and we can also, if we are in a place where we can be a part of clearing up the absolutely, in some ways, unclear immigration policies, we can do that. But that's a separate issue. Right. So even if borders, airports continue to be closed to missions, to... Western missionaries, Western going missionaries, over. or even just any foreigner coming in. At this point, the borders are closed. It seems every Everywhere. border is closed yeah. to everyone. Yeah, We've we can it. trust that God has a plan. A we can pray plan. for His gospel to go forth in new ways. Mm-hmm. We can get creative with new strategies. We can look around where we live to see what God, what opportunities God's provided there. Right here, and so actually, people have said, David, what if the, all our borders close? Or so we build a wall around the entire country of the United States. I believe there's so many. Somebody, I think I read somewhere there was like over 300 unreached people groups represented right here in the United States. Basically, there's enough for us to do uh, global missions right here in the United States if a wall gets built and we never get to leave. But I think we will. The pandemic eventually will be more under control than it is now. Eventually, borders, airports will reopen in some capacity. Um, and well, and there are still people who are living and working abroad. and Right. And they're over they there. They are there. And, and they are will. being alive. You're right. We, they'll open up and who knows what we'll have on our hands or our faces when we fly. 
but those doors will, you know, the, we will go back to travel. We've had two international trips canceled so far, and we might not be able to go anywhere this fall. But we just have to, I think that's the reason we wanted to share this today, um, is that we need to be hopeful and we need to remember God's mission and we need to look around and see what opportunities He has for us right here. Because so. it's not out of control. No. It's not out of His control. Amen. So thanks for listening today. Thanks for listening today. Our book, Mission Smart, 15 Critical Questions to Ask Before Launching Overseas, is available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. Feel free to email us with your questions through our website, esionline.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast to get more episodes as they're published. Thank you.